Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet, Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Now Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bigger quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review last night's Raw. And bit of a change, Hamlet. Rather than letting you talk about it first, you and I are generally considered the high guys on Monday Night Raw. So mm-hmm. I thought I'd throw it to Sidgwick and say, Sidge, let's start off on a slightly more negative note. Why don't you list everything that you disliked about this Raw? Hmm. Oh, interesting. Oh, oh, no. You know what? You don't think about You don't consider other people when you do this, right? Because you know full well you're going to get bollocked in the office tomorrow because somebody oh, is going to scurry. Can you hear that scurry noise? Oh, he's done something. To, he's, he's having a well-earned day off, he ladies is. and gentlemen. He I'm is. joking, of And yet course. on that day off, somebody will scurry, scurry, scurry. Leave him alone. He's having a day off today, right? One that I didn't have to have, but I kind of wish I did. Not because I would have had to avoid this role. He's having a day off today because there's a teacher strike in the UK and some unions have voted strike and some haven't. And solidarity with all striking teachers. Yes. Including the teachers of Sidgwick's children today. And not, apparently, the ones of mine. I will remember <laughs> your names and faces. Show solidarity with your brothers and sisters. They need it more than you need today's pay. Yes, uh, Sidgwick is enjoying it, a well day off. I know this is an example. I've, I've waited into all this yesterday. I've got a teacher mate that wants to strike and can't because his union didn't vote for it. To any teachers out there that can't strike but would do if they were able to, yes. my solidarity with you too, your working conditions should be better, your pay should be better, your life should be better. That sounded flippant. I wanted to immediately correct that. All I'm right. with teachers as much as I'm with striking teachers. What did you make of this rule? Uh, better than the Tory government of the United Kingdom. <laughs> really need to get that clear. Uh, I really like this. Um it was the kind of eventful I like in WrestleMania season. Yeah. Everything felt like it had this cool vibe. Not everything like was a 10 out of 10 match or a 10 out of 10 segment, but it just... There was um, a 10 out of 10 match on this. Oh, there was actually, yeah. But everything felt like it had um, a pretty cool sense of direction for a card that I continue to like the look of. I feel like these are the things I'm going to say every week, and I apologize mm. if it ever feels like I'm repeating a take. I'm not. It's just that I like a logically plotted road to WrestleMania, and it feels like we've never had one while we've been doing this podcast. Yes. 50 million listens later, <laughs> and it still feels like we've never had a chance to talk about the WrestleMania being built the way it's supposed to be built. So if I sound like I'm being enthusiastic for 6 out of 10 stuff, well, then I'll give you a 10, and it's thinking of Kenny Omega wrestling such luminaries as Baron Corbin and The Miz. Get on my level and get forward. look forward to the best bounce machine trying it out in WWE if he can advance past NXT. Yeah, he has on, to learn the ropes a bit imagination. first. Um, I will also say perhaps our opinion on this show may be skewed 
by what we've already had to review for the five-star review. Oh, that Jesus comes later. Christ. A- anything on this show will seem like all-time stuff compared to the five-star review review we're going to get to later. Worst ever. Well, why on a week where there's not even any Sidgwick to sort of just take some of this? Well, maybe the worst ever. Maybe one of the worst segments in WWE history yeah. ever. I am going to be nice. Somebody f***ed a corpse in WWE, and I think this segment might be worse. <laughs> right. Let's dive straight into it then. It was a mannequin um, we see <laughs> Becky Lynch and Lita arriving earlier on in the day. Um, of course, their main event is the uh, women's tag team title match. And then there's a big big video package recapping what happened with Sami Zayn and the Usos from SmackDown. And then out comes Jimmy, o- Jimmy Uso and Solosica uh, to cut a promo ahead of their match. Um, they did say there was a tag match coming, wasn't there? This wasn't impromptu. It was announced late yesterday, I believe, around the time that the Cody Rhodes-Chad Gable match dropped. We couldn't preview it. But it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't just the Street Profits interrupt and no. then a match happens. I don't think. No, I'm fairly certain they, yeah. as they were walking out, they, were, they just was like, it's a tag match, but first we're going to have some talking. Yeah. Um, so Jimmy talked about people think that there's cracks in the bloodline. It only looks that way from the outside. Uh, the bloodline's a family and families fight all the time. Big chant for Sami Zayn, of course. Um, and Jimmy starts talking about people getting one over on the bloodline. Did uh, did Kevin Owens do that? Nope. Did Sami Zayn? Nope. Will Cody Rhodes, who, by the way, a sentence after saying Sami Zayn, it's a risky strategy, mm-hmm. and people are just like, cool, happy for you, Sami, but Cody's here now. Yep. Out the way. Mm-hmm. Will Cody Rhodes, big old nope, <laughs> uh, at WrestleMania. Um, they say, we run SmackDown, but we're here to remind everyone we also run Monday Night Raw. And out come the Street Profits, who uh, chuck a few insults back and forth uh, at Jimmy Uso, Montez and, and Angelo. Uh, also mentioned that they were looking for the Uso with the 90 rating on 2K, which is really petty, but also can tell probably would annoy me if I was a brother of someone. And they went, you're 89. Yeah, kind of inspired little detail here. I I edited um, an article. I don't know much about games. um, And I do apologize to who wrote this article because it was really informative and like made me appreciate why these ratings are quite a big deal Mm. in the gaming community. And I think like Up, Up, Down, Down maybe did a, uh, like a ratings, like surprising ratings for some wrestlers. You know, some some are quite high, some are quite low. And... I didn't realise until then just how locked in people were, how much this sort of stuff mattered. Yeah. So it stands to reason that the wrestlers might do too. They might not just be checking these games for the residual checks. They might have a certain ego about how they do. I think Bailey got a high one, and that was commented on as well. So it's something that exists in the in the actual conversation of wrestlers as much as just to use it for the excuse to draw that further wedge between mm. the two brothers. You ever seen the uh, Daniel Sturridge reaction to his FIFA rating? No. Oh, that's great. It's him and uh, Raheem Sterling, I think. Rated too low, was he? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. like that. Is that in the season where like he, his goals nearly helped carry Liverpool to a yeah, title? It was that unbelievable. They that was the this does not slip season, wasn't it? Possibly. And then they slipped. Well, not necessarily, considering financial fair play could give all those titles to someone else. Oh, that's true. 2014 League Cup winners Sunderland. Indeed. Yeah. Imagine winning at Wembley. I mean, I don't need to because I've actually been there and seen it happen. Yeah, it's not for everyone. It's not. This is what I'm saying about people. Johnston's paint trophy. You'll never win that. Messi never won it. Ronaldo never won it. I am um, Sky's Jack Lester though. Sky's coverage of the uh, <gasps> the final on, trolling. Oh my god! Sky's coverage of the uh, the League Cup final between Manchester United and Newcastle. And I think this was a the right. <laughs> Who the won right, that, by the way? Manchester United. Oh um, right, yeah. 
Aye. Um, I know that because my wife, who works in the centre of Newcastle, wore a Man United shirt to the office yesterday. Yeah. I'd, I'd, balls of steel. Balls of steel. Hey, man, it was the 90s. The entertainers, Rob Lee, Les Redland, Alan Shearer, the entertainers, everybody's second favourite team. Put to the sword by Manchester United. The view never changes, does it, Mags? The view never changes. You get a <laughs> cup of coffee in the big time, put to the sword by Manchester United. <sighs> What are we talking about? Yeah, Sky's uh, excellent and balanced and impartial coverage, concluding, um, because they wanted to, and I understand this, they wanted to um, toast Manchester United's victory, a team that plays in red. That's probably one reason why it yeah, happened. Yeah. A team lifting a trophy at Wembley, mm-hmm. celebrating with the champagne, that's probably another reason why it happened. And the credits roll, and the footage finishes, and then Sky <coughs> run with them adverts, where it's like, we need a team celebrating at Wembley, winning a trophy at Wembley, who would be good right now for the people that have just finished watching this game, who are predominantly going to be made up of Newcastle fans because they wouldn't miss their one moment in the sun. Oh, it's Sunderland celebrating winning the trophy! (laughs) Unbelievable. Thank you, Sky. I hope there were um, the same dark forces that got rid of Richard Keyes and Andy Gray were in charge of deciding what (laughs) advert went on after that finished. Sorry, I'm just getting over the relief of it, quite frankly. It's a bit of bastard stuff. I wouldn't care. Adam Nicholas and I have a really cool understanding where he was super supportive on my various Wembley misadventures over the years. And I sent him a message on Saturday, on Sunday, saying the same. Mm-hmm. I was like, I uh, like, I said, how are the lads? And my, I spelt it with the O and my phone auto-corrected it to the A because that's even a petty divide between someone and Newcastle. It? It's how you spell how are. That's how divided we all are. And I, me and Sidrick had a very nice balanced chat in the office yesterday. I was just like, you know, we're too kind of old for this stuff now. And yeah. Sidrick goes, I, I just can't help it. I hate Mackhams. I was like, right, well, that's where we are then. That's where we are. Okay, well, you've... <laughs> like, he without sin, cast, cast the first stone. Exactly. Not win at Wembley, it's not for everyone. Can we not talk about stoning um, around a team that are owned by the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, please? <laughs> let's just, l- like a snake, let's just cut the head off this conversation and move on to the next thing, yeah? Jimmy warned them to not talk about Roman Reigns. Um, and they went, oh, what? And then basically a big fight started, and we got the tag match, one half of the tag team champions, and Solo Sokoa versus the Street Profits. They showed that ridiculous spot from Elimination Chamber from Montez Ford. Yeah. What's the time on that, you reckon, that he's going to win a singles title? Uh, I will say the next 12 months. Yeah. I think so. Like, post-WrestleMania, I'm quite interested in what happens with the Street Profits, because this felt like, especially this time of year, feels like we're kind of, Closing a chapter here, doesn't it? Mm. Um, so initially, of course, Solo Sokoa, the enforcer, is in control. But Ford gets the hot tag and Jimmy comes in and there's strikes, a back suplex, a standing moonsault from Montez Ford for a two count. Um, but the finish came. I, I've not written a lot, a lot of notes about this. I've got to be honest because I've seen these or a variation of these mm-hmm. teams fight quite a lot. Nevertheless, still enjoyable, of course. Uh, but the finish came when uh, Sokoa hit a blind tag as Ford gave Jimmy the spine buster. Dawkins covers, comes in, but Sokoa shoves Ford off the top, super kicks Dawkins, hits Angelo Dawkins with the Samoan spike. One, two, three. Post-match, it looks like they're going to do the whole chair around the neck spot with Montez Ford when who should run out to make the save? But Kevin Owens in his black jeans and a black hoodie, no music, mm-hmm. just runs out, super kicks the cover, hits Jimmy with a stunner and hightails it out of there. I love this segment for so many reasons. Um, I call it a segment instead of a match because I kind of agree with you. Like, not that it was bad, no. but you do sort of see Uso Street Profit action and you feel like they could do a lot of this in their sleep. Um, maybe that's unfair because it's still incredibly impressive and risky and dangerous and mm. awesome. But it does just feel like they can operate at a certain level on autopilot that goes beyond what a lot of people's best is. Yeah. 
It's um, like the Usos can do it in their sleep against Street Profits. Usos can do it in their sleep against the New Day. And then, like, comparably, the Young Bucks, people go to sleep and don't watch them. <laughs> so, Smackdown finishes. Point one, one, we're eating, was it? Click. Mm. Sound of a... Oh, you were meant to be a draw. Sound of a couple of million televisions. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm just... Why am I doing this? You're not even here to wind up. A couple of million televisions turning off rather than turning over. Anyway, no, this was, um, I really like this segment for the, uh, at this point, where there is just WWE fans listening, so we're not going to alienate any of yeah. ones. They've given up, they gave up 30 seconds into this. <laughs> um, what I liked about this was, I think the devil was in the detail here. So the Street Profits have got this, and I love that they've clung to it, this awesome storyline where they can't fight the bloodline for the belts. Mm. So the only thing the Street Profits can really fight for here in this pre-booked match, this arranged match, is a bit of pride, a bit of personal pride, and the idea that, well, we... Can't fight for the titles, but we can still fight you. So if we beat you, it's that reminder that we're still there, mm-hmm. we're still kicking around, mm-hmm. and we kind of know they're not really. They're not on a good run, Street Profits. Montez Ford had his moment in the sun, but he didn't win, and the Street Profits continued to lose as a tag team. So it's the perfect time to beat them and give something big to Solo Sokoa, which is nice. Meanwhile, uh, the Usos established a little while ago, the Bloodline, should I say, established a little while ago, that they invade Raw, they're predominantly a SmackDown act, but they kind of invade Raw. And because they invade Raw, that gives Kevin Owens a window to attack, which is really smart because now you get to have Owens on the offense on SmackDown with Sammy and Jay on the defense. Mm. Sorry, other way around. Owens on the offense on Raw, Sammy on the defense on SmackDown. And again, these two sides coming together across separate brands is brilliant because it allows the Bloodline story to be told across both shows, which is really important. Why? Because Cody's on one show and Roman's on the other. Mm. So these things continue to overlap for like really good narrative purpose. And in one last detail that I really appreciated, Kevin Owens and the Street Profits are mates. Yeah, we know this. So for several reasons, they were the right team to be put in this slot for Owens' thing to make sense. And yes, I've tweeted about this. Hoodie law. <laughs> I'm bang into it. I love Kevin Owens' annual t-shirt tradition with WrestleMania. We were talking about it this morning. It's WrestleMania, KO Mania 7 we're up to now. But I think this might be KO Zania as a special one. Yeah. It was Stars and Stripes Forever. It was Hulk Hogan with the flag or it was Hogan and Slaughter. Them two, like the idea that Kevin Owens is holding a big flag with Sami Zayn's face on it. Oh. And it says something like KO and Sami Zayn forever instead of Stars and Stripes as they go to take down the Usos. Could be tremendous stuff. I want that shirt. No, I want that black hoodie. Yes. Uh, what we got next was MVP's VIP lounge brought to you by Brock Lesnar. Yeah. <laughs> this was a bit Vincey, uh-huh. but oh. it's Brock, so I kind of loved it. The end justified the means, but the means was extremely Vincey. Yes, so we're set up for the VIP lounge. Normally, obviously, with all these sort of shenanigans person comes out and says, please welcome my guest. None of that. Brock Lesnar walks out. I think that what warmed me over very early on is Brock Lesnar walking around the crowd because it's such a surreal experience to see this friendly Brock <laughs> yeah. saying, how do you do? To <laughs> people as he walks around and gets in the ring and takes a seat. Uh, an MVP comes out. And Lesnar's, again, jamming to the old music. Mm-hmm. Although it's not the, you know, same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he says, hey, come on down, MVP. Join me in the ring. And MVP's like, no, I've seen what you do to people. I'm, I'm all right right here. And Brock's like, hey, I haven't got any beef with you. All about business. Hey, look at this. Be- it could never look more shabby, by the way. Look at this beautiful VIP lounge. Two sofas from a student house and a table <laughs> with some probably plastic champagne flutes on yeah. it. I'm here, I'm here to just listen to you. No suplexes tonight. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Key point to remember here, because everyone in the crowd went, oh, what's he said? Come on, think this through, guys. He 
He says, no, no suplexes. No, I'm not taking a suplex city, silly. <laughs> MVP comes in and immediately says, all right. <laughs> Lesnar goes, remember when you called me a coward? <laughs> MVP's like, oh, I've messed up already. And he's like, ah, I'm only joking. Go on, do your thing that Paul Heyman used to do for me. Sell the fans on a match against Omos. And MVP does a great job, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Says, look, you're Brock Lesnar. You're the beast incarnate. When you put your hands on a man, and that man has got no chance. You know, if you take someone to suplex, see, they're in a world of hurt. But let's not forget, you did have your hands full with Bobby Lashley, and I wasn't even in this corner then. You couldn't have your way with Lashley, and you think you can do that with seven-foot-tall Omos? You can put your hands on your giant, and that giant puts their hands right back on you, Brock. The beast can destroy any man, but a giant conquers a beast. It's like rock, paper, scissors, basically. Yeah. The bottom line is, Brock can suplex an F5 any man. Brock, paper, scissors. But you can't do that to a seven-foot-three tall giant named Omos. Brock, paper, Omos. <laughs> right. And Brock's like, whoa, got chills. That was great. <laughs> high-five, MVP. Good job. Have you ever seen him high-five anyone? No. Not unless it ends like this. No. I think if you high five me, you'd break my entire arm. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just like I'd be like Stokely Hathaway the next week, huh? Just pie faces, yeah, but like it ends up crushing you and you look like that meme of that person with the sucked inside face. <laughs> he says, uh, you know what? Good job, you've sold me on this. I accept. I've really fallen in love with this match now, by the way. Yeah. And talk about it more and no no doubt on podcasts going forward. I accept, but to make it official, let's shake on it. Let's let's have a little toast. Let's drink on it as well. Uh, and they, they do shake hands. And MVP's about to pop some champagne. And Brock's like, nah, nah, nah. Look, I'm just a regular guy. I'm a farmer. Just a normal man. <laughs> In, innocent innocent man. man. I've got the good stuff. We're going to toast. It's going to be with the good stuff. And he pulls out a hip flask. Love a good hip flask, mate. Mm-hmm. That's the trick, by the way, to a good wedding, a hip flask. Traveller, we always called it. I'd take it in between pubs with you or to weddings or football matches once upon a time when that wouldn't get you in very serious trouble. Yes. Uh, yeah, travellers like that. Some jobs were tried to tell us off at a wedding uh, last year because we hid some beer in the boot and went out to drink it in the car park <laughs> and he followed us. And I was like, what does it matter to you? No. Are you still getting paid? Yes. Yeah. I'm not paying Eight quid? I've got a bottle of Corona in the car. The hotels are so expensive, man, aren't they? Yeah. Like, I used to work at a holiday park that was super strict when I was a young man. Super strict about this. And people used to hide um, full bottles of vodka underneath their children in the buggy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'd draw a face on a bottle of vodka. <laughs> you Just kissing it, but you open it. Oh, no, uh, blood is coming out. Yeah, so you can't piss around with this sort of thing. Like the, uh, or like taking um, bottles of, for example, Mountain Dew Pitch Black mm. like into a gig. But really, it's only got a tiny bit of Pitch Black and it's mm-hmm. been like laced with a pint of gin. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I love sneaking booze places. A friend of mine who, uh, her mum was a nurse. So she stole, like, they were going to the races, I think. And the races are again notorious for yeah. not being able to sneak booze in. They'll check through your bags and all this sort of stuff. They filled a bunch of catheter sacks amazing. with wine to replicate. You know when you get a box of wine, it's like a yeah, pouch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were basically wearing pouches of wine with, of course, a built-in straw. Very good. So that was just like tucked in, and they were all like, they couldn't be like patted down by the security. 
they all had the nice dresses on for the day at the races. There was like six girls or something, and they all just like pulled out the catheter sacks and were drinking wine by the straw. Love them. that. Yeah, You've got to be creative. Yeah, I respect it. Respect the game. So um, he, about? he pulls out this hip flask. He takes a swig, and MVP's like, "Nah, I'm gonna stick to the champagne." Right. And then this is the, this is the this is the genius of Brock, of like him putting his hand on his shoulder and going, "You're not gonna let me drink alone, now, are you?" And suddenly you're like, oh, I'm being pressured into this. <laughs> and MVP's like, ah, no, I don't want to die today. So I'll have a sip of your flask. What is this? And of course, Brock calls it white lightning. Yeah. I dread to think what was in there. It's some, I believe in Canada, our Canadian listeners might correct me, it's some sort of really dicey vodka or white, white spirits concoction. In the UK... It's the cheapest white cider yeah. you can buy associated with, like, when you're young and you... I never did this, but I knew people that did. Would, like, ask an adult to go into the shop and buy them booze and then sit, like... Either that or Frosty Jacks, isn't Frosty it? Frosty Jacks and White Lightning, yeah, with the, with the cheap ciders that you tried. You had... Like, we used to take them to house parties rather mm. than sitting in the parks, and their hangovers were horrible. Oh, like, headaches that just felt like they were knives trying to escape from the inside of your brain. <laughs> well, I think this is how MVP felt, because he took a big old swig... And, uh, well, it didn't go down too well. It didn't go down at all, actually. He can't handle it. Spits it all in the face of Brock. And Brock, cool as a cucumber, wipes his face. Crowd, you f***ed up. You (laughs) f***ed up. MVP takes out his hanky and starts rubbing Brock. And Brock's like, don't touch me. (laughs) But he's still cool, still calm. He uh, takes his drink back the cap on, puts it away, takes his hanky, wipes his face, blows his nose like some sort of Home Alone villain (laughs) and puts it back in the pocket of MVP. Then picks him up and F5s the shit out of him. Yeah. It got to where we all knew it was going. Uh, like I, I gave this a passing grade by the end. It was why it felt so Vincey, which is kind of how we described it at the start, was that it was Brock as a constant prevailing bully, ultimately. But that's in Vince's mind a babyface trait, and mm. it's always been the WWE way of like, oh, that's re- that's the coolest guy in college, isn't it? You know, all the people that you hated, no, you used to have to like relate to people. Not here, yeah. No, no, you got to fear him too. You got to be just like MVP, the cowardly villain. <laughs> so that was a bit weird, but I did quite enjoy that the drink almost like um, I never liked this back at the time, but as long as you don't overuse this, when when Steve Austin was a sheriff around here and he couldn't hit people unless he was physically provoked, so sure enough, the heel's been pushed into him. Now we can batter them for 10 minutes, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Like, this was, like, the good version of that. I think, like, Brock, by the end, it was like, I wasn't going to. I might have done anyway, but now I'm definitely going to. Yeah. So it was all right. Almost with the Brock, almost truthers. Anyway, in between now and WrestleMania, we're going to talk about that on pretty much every single podcast. So mm-hmm. I don't feel like I need to add to that. Uh, then Kathy Kelly's chatting to Becky Lynch Alita later on. Uh, sorry, subsequently about their tag team title match later on. Alita's uh, talking about making history again. Lynch says that I've never really played well with others in the past, but it's has secretly been something I wanted to tick off on my bucket list, especially when that Ronda singles match kind of went away. Um, <laughs> and Lynch said, Bailey can get involved if she wants to, but they take care of her too. Foreshadowing. <laughs> uh, and then it was time for... I'm going to pause here in case you want to say the word skip, because I understand, because it, it was just Cody Rhodes versus Chad Gable. We'll do it this time, shall we? Ugh, go on, this time. This was f***ing awesome. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
And uh, I mean, not that I'm going to struggle for um, things to point out in the road to WrestleMania about how over Cody Rhodes is. Do you see the face of that young fan who got oh, his belt? Oh, that was amazing. That was love, lovely, that wasn't it? I love kids having the best time at wrestling shows. It's the best. Um, so uh, went to break quite early on in this match. I think uh, Rhodes had hit like a reverse superplex, as you do, <laughs> to take it to a break. Um, and I'm going to cut across myself here. Mm-hmm. might tweet this, actually. Chad Gable's quite a good wrestler. I'd pass that on. Yeah. If I was you. What's that? Yeah, it's official, guys. Wilbon's cooking. Uh, a second. Oh, that's a hot take. <laughs> anyway, in the break, Gable's taken over because Otis distracted Rhodes. And uh, Gable, he's brilliant, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not to jinx. Actually, I'm not going to say it. He's a brilliant wrestler, but I really bought. I was like, please don't injure Cody for WrestleMania. Yeah. You know, uh, and you do the dragon screw in the ropes. They can pull it off perfectly so it looks a lot worse than it is. Uh-huh. Well, there's a bit of me that's like, be careful. Oh, Cody's selling as well. It was fantastic. So he's, he's targeting, he's kicking the leg out of his leg. Mm-hmm. Um, goes for a diving headbutt. Rhodes dodges it. Power slam, disaster kick for two. Uh, the crowd are hugely behind Cody Rhodes here. Uh, he puts uh, Gable in a figure four, but Gable gets to the ropes. Um, <sighs> Rhodes went for something off the middle rope. Gable caught him in midair and hit a German suplex. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah. Cliffhanger, DDT, and a moonsault also got him in near fall. Um, they fire up both of them, exchange chops. Rhodes chucks Gable out of the ring. Gable's like, get him, big guy, to Otis. But Otis has been distracted. He's, he's looking off into the crowd, and that allows Rhodes to hit Gable with a suicide dive. And then there's a... Like, I know they do their uh, uh, babyface champion and they have to be John Cena, basically. But yeah. I thought Cody pulled it off quite well. He sort of sauntered over to Otis and was like, oh, we're looking for a big guy. <laughs> Clearly looking for Maxine Dupree. More yep. on that later. Um, and uh, he's like, I think she's over there, buddy. And then Otis suddenly realizes who he's talking to. Goes after him. Rhodes goes, sidesteps him, sends him into the crowd over the term, uh, not turnbuckle, over the barricade. Mm-hmm. Um, they go back into the ring. I've never, it felt like, I don't know whether I just got carried away in my love of this match. felt like one of the biggest Cody cutters I've ever seen oh, here. That was awesome. Huge, brilliantly yeah. shot as well. Uh, and he hits, <laughs> I watched this again on, on Twitter about five times this morning, a devastating looking crossroads. One, two, three. Grabs the mic afterwards, says there's 33 odd days or whatever it was until WrestleMania. He's yet to stand toe-to-toe with Roman Reigns. I'm ecstatic that Roman Reigns is on SmackDown this Friday, Rhodes said, because I'll be there too. Right, I'm sorry if Cody just isn't your guy heading into WrestleMania because he's f***ing mine. Yeah. And like it increasingly sounds like he's a lot of other people's as well. This match kicked ass. And of course, it requires... The work to like to get the various emotions you feel from match like this. Yes, it requires the work to be as silky, equally silky smooth and sickeningly violent as this mm. match was in places. As you pointed out, that crossroads had spice on it. The Germans and that like the all the cuts, all the big impact moves basically were just delivered with spike, and you couldn't hate that. The Cody Cutter had the like the makings of the best like Kurt Angle running up the ropes yeah. energy to it. There's like a kinetic force that is driving his spring. And what I particularly loved about him doing it there was that he had deliberately taken the spring out of his step in all of his springboard moves to sell the knee, mm-hmm. which was so inspired every time he went up. The disaster kick one, even when he hit it, 
He looked like he wasn't able to. He was hitting it at half speed. Yeah. It's as if there's a video game version where you can hit the soft offense disaster kick and then the full one for the real finish. Yeah. And Cody did that because he was still selling. It's yeah. not just a thing that you shake off. But because he's playing the superhero character now, by the end, it's thinking, well, I'm just going to power through this anyway. Uh, watch watch this. Burp, 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 burp. He'll deal with the consequences when he gets backstage because that's what heroes do. They don't do it in front of the bright lights because they're being heroes. Mm. The heroes have to suffer in silence and suffer alone because that's what makes them heroes. And I just thought that was such an inspired touch in this match, which was destined to be great the second it was announced mm-hmm. because of A, Chad Gable brackets general, but B, Cody in the form he's in. Gable being able to pivot so effortlessly back to kind of working, doing his heel technical stuff yes. rather than babyface, added so much to this match as well. What an inspired little bit of matchmaking for a one-night story that helped feed into something else for Alpha Academy and gave you the perfect exhibition for Cody as a man that is more than ready to stand up to Roman Reigns because look at what you just watched. Mm, exactly. Just, that's, that's why Papa H is book of the year. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? Oh, boy. (laughs) Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Uh, right, backstage, uh, Byron is there with Baron. Um, and he's he's like, hey, buddy, I've been uh, hearing what everyone's, everyone's been saying about me, uh, about what JBL was kind of saying about me back in the day. And that is, and everyone's like, <laughs> Byron's like, yeah, yeah, shut up. <laughs> um, I'm just getting some news that we want to talk to someone interesting. So, bye. Um, I do quite like this new gimmick. With, with, I'm not talking to you, love. Um, ironically, <laughs> just the same as uh, I do like this, this new twist on the Baron character because I have faith in this version and not just being... Well, that's it, and now he's released. It's not a coincidence. Something's happening here. 
Um, Baron Corbin was, of course, the man that tried to piss on Sami Zayn's chips last week and was forced to eat some shit for it. And, and now, he slagged off Cody the week before. And he slagged off Cody. Handed to him. That's right, Cody the week before and now Kevin Owens. It's people within the same storytelling universe. What I'm leading to is, is Roman Reigns mm-hmm. going to find, in a bit of a panic, going to find a new patsy on the road to WrestleMania in Baron Corbin, of all people. Corbin, what was he saying weeks earlier? Yep. I was the last guy to pin Roman Reigns. Like, I think these things... Can I ask these guys to uh, pin me? <laughs> I think these are connections being made on purpose. Yes. That's like... Again, I, I, I'm starting to get sick of my own voice saying this. I think what's happening is not cooking, it's booking. Mm. It's true. I, I ju- just, and I mean, folks, where's the lie? Like, I just, maybe not. Maybe like, and ultimately, he's there to lose. I'm not saying that this yeah, is some yeah, sort of like yeah. Baron Corbin's next big move, but I feel like he's been folded into all of this on purpose. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, he says, sure. Uh, Kevin Owens is, uh, <laughs> is here, and uh, Kevin, he talks to him about the consequences, and look, Kevin Owens says, look, the bloodline's suffering from consequences of all of their actions. All I've ever wanted to see is the bloodline fall, and I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing until it does. I don't want or need any help doing it, though, either. Well, there's not any help for him. Him and Sami Zayn have said that they're just not going to be able to pull this pull this thing together at WrestleMania, so I'd, I'd, I'm probably going to spend the rest of the day questioning who his partner might be. Because, <laughs> I mean, God, the way that they've just buried Sami Zayn after WrestleMania, like Owens has said it, there it is. Guess no match for Sammy at WrestleMania. Guess all the critics were right. <laughs> Just don't know what any of them are going to do. So sad with the timing of this being WrestleMania right around the corner. No, no KO Mania shirt. No, both wearing the same clothes because really they love each other deeply. No grand reunion. Just nothing. Just blowing it at Elimination Chamber. <laughs> well done, WWE. Botched again. Uh, there's a Titanic movie parody with Bianca Belair and Montez Ford. Uh, and then... Um, Dropped his phone in the water. <laughs> How was he going to get that back? I quite like him. <laughs> it's not really so bad. Quite I'm like being him. It's all right. Um, <clears throat> and then there's a group of people. I can't remember if there's a collective term for them. There was uh, Finn Balor. Yep. There was uh, Damien Priest. There was Rhea Ripley. And there was uh, ex-condom. Is there a collective noun they're, for... Um, they're, in they're, um, they're in the f***ing judgment day. On the other side. <laughs> they are having the best night. Yeah, me too. As, as, <laughs> as I would be if I wasn't in there. Um, Tom's like, yeah, yeah, did you see on Friday when I screwed my dad out of a match? <laughs> the best, wasn't it? Uh, and he says, oh, Rhea's got a match this Friday. And uh, maybe I'll pop along with my mamacita and uh, me and my dead be dead will have a heart to heart. Yeah. What was it you pointed out to me on this? On, uh, do I watch the Judgment Day segments back on YouTube? Yes. Uh, on the WWE's official YouTube channel, it's automatically subtitled. You can read it there. And uh, this is YouTube, not me. So Dominic Mysterio is saying, and I'll be right by my foreign side. <laughs> and we can have that little heart to heart. Mamacita has been subtitled as foreign have a word, YouTube. Oh, I just, it's the best. Um, Rhea says, look, I didn't need to say a single word to, to Charlotte on uh, on Friday when I confronted her. Just being in the same building as me had her shook. She don't want none of this. John Cena and Baron Corbin, that, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I don't know where JBL's at. I've just ruined <laughs> this guy's chances of ever winning a world title. See you later. <laughs> she said, I saw something on Friday. It wasn't fear. It was acceptance. No amount of confidence can change the fact that at Mania, I'm walking out as the new champion. Uh, and uh, I can't, Damien Priest said something. It was very cocky and 
He was given like the intro stuff, yeah. wasn't he? He was like, he was. He's looking very happy with himself. He's like the game show host of the Judgment Day. He's like, hey, we're all in the Judgment Day. Yeah. On the other side. There you go. Uh, and Finn Balor, Finn Balor says, Edge thought it was over last week or after Elimination Chamber, and they showed the, the gimmick. Uh, he says, you don't get to decide when, it, when it's over. It's over when I say so. Yeah. You're playing checkers. I'm playing chess. There's still one more move. Two different games. He, I, don't, <laughs> I don't quite understand, but okay. Um, and he wants to end it at Mania. It's happening. Checkmate. And see at the end, he went, whoop. Like he made a little funny noise, because that's what Finn Balor is now. I'm so, uh, genuinely. The pop factory. Great, man. This was this was brilliant. And they're in, like, I kind of almost felt sorry for Damien Priest here, because it's like, he's the least hot guy in a super hot stable. Yeah. With a bunch of hot stories. <laughs> but, but, like, I'm glad he's something there. for him. There's going to be something for him falling out of WrestleMania. He's got, he's got three matches to run rings. He could be the busiest out of the bunch. Yes. He could, if he gets a manager's license for all three. <laughs> um, is there any way to um, to top that as in terms of uh, backstage stuff? Oh, yeah, there is. Maxine Dupree and Maximum Male mod- Models are approaching. No, he's not here. Otis. <laughs> and I've already demonstrated this to you. And yes, Actually, I'm going to try and did. do it here. So I'm going to try you and present You don't have to this. do it again. Tell them what I'm doing. Right, I'm going to describe this, but I'm also going to put a picture on with this tweet later on when it goes out. Adam Wilborn is standing as uh, Marseille did on Raw. He is looking as normal as anyone could possibly look while leaning his leg... I was going to say fully extended, but about 45 degrees extended. Oh, my back's killing me. That's why I'm dragging this out, because I can see how much pain it's causing you. Try to lean against the wall and speak. Marseille is obviously substantially more flexible because oh, he lasted the duration guy. of this promo looking like it was nothing. <laughs> anyway, um, Maxine says, we'd all be delighted to watch you in action tonight. And Marseille might as well like, yeah, we'd be delighted. <laughs> um, and uh, she's like, maybe you could make that happen. He's like, yep. Yes. <laughs> he just run, runs off to try and get himself a match. Done. It's uh, It's good stuff. I think this is fun undercard fair where they're going to really pull at the heartstrings as if Otis is going to be lured away to maximum male models. And as well, there is a bit of LTST of, like, Otis the Shagger. Yes. Because <laughs> he's been in this situation once before. So it stands to reason why he would assume that someone, like a, like a, a woman backstage, would take more than a passing interest in mm. Mandy Rose did. She was lying down NXT champion of <laughs> ages or whatever was in Canada. Uh, Asker versus Carmella came next. Um, has a bit of a dark match, dark moment in this match where Corey Graves on commentary reminded us that Asker had never beaten Carmella and she'd beaten her twice. Yeah. And I remembered, oh yeah, that happened, 2018 or whatever it was. Chinless insect in a jacket. <sighs> anyway, Carmella hit a super kick outside the ring to take us to break. When we come back, uh, Asker eventually starts fighting back here. Um Mr. Missile dropkick, though. Carmella got a two-count after a sort of low super kick. Um, goes for the code of silence, but Asuka gets out of that and then just, just wrenches back <laughs> for the uh, submission on a double arm bar. Post-match, Asuka calls out Bianca Belair, who comes out and says, I think you should let everyone know we're going to tear the house down at WrestleMania. Because If you say anything else, I will remind you why you can't spell WrestleMania without E-S-T. Before Askin can say anything, though, Carmella shoves Asuka into Bianca Belair and uh, bails. I didn't like any of this. And to, I'd like to like, sort of expand on my thoughts. 
would you mind if we covered the Carmella follow-up segment as well? Yes. Because I feel like it's related to something, like a number of things that I didn't like about this, other than some of the work between Carmella and Asuka, which was pretty decent. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I know that. It's fine, it's fine. I'm to find it on this three-hour After Odyssey. the Bobby Lashley-Elias match, Chelsea Green is back there with Postman Pierce. Still annoyed she went to a, uh, Ottawa, Illinois, rather than Ottawa, Canada. Ottawa, Ontario. She's never even heard about it. It's like, you're Canadian. <laughs> How do you not know about this? Um, and in comes Carmella. She's moaning. She wants a match. She's got one against Bianca Belair next week. And uh, a weird, intriguing friendship sparks up in that moment between Green and Carmella, um, which I quite like. Yeah, I like the Up kin- until the point you're about to say. Yeah, I like the kinship between Carmella and Chelsea Green. I think it's going to help the Chelsea Green character get fleshed out. I think it's going to help Carmella have... Focus, because I think her in-ring is decent and she knows who she is now, but whether or not she was going to get a push in this poor division, it was looking unlikely. Ultimately, though, the biggest problem I had with this uh, was, yet again, they just simply cannot book, well, women brackets general, (laughs) they cannot book this Asuka, Bianca Belair storyline. Triple H cannot do it. He's not got it in him. That Carmella match with Asuka was super competitive. I don't have a problem with that in terms of it being like Carmella having a big showing out night. However, what are you building here? You're supposed to be building Asuka as a force so fierce that she's scaring Bianca Belair. She shouldn't be frightening her because goo is leaking out of her mouth. She should be frightening her because she's kicking people's teeth out of their mouth. And she's not doing that. She's booked to have a real back and forth 50-50 knockdown drag out match with Carmella. So why should Bianca Belair be particularly worried about that? Oh, look, she's not. What she's worried about is getting booted in the head by Carmella by accident. And then later on, when you see Carmella and Chelsea Green form a little bit of a partnership, where's that going? Mm. Where's the cue ball going? Well, it's going to the singles match between Carmella and Bianca, who Bianca will make relatively light work of Carmella, to lead to a tag team match. The thing we joked about yesterday is happening again. Bianca Belair and Asuka are going to team up. They're going to beat... Carmella and Chelsea Green. So, by the way, nice one. Brand new tag team, dead on arrival. <laughs> right? Beaten straight away to then look at each other after the match. Or one of them's going to get the pin. And it's going to be, ah, oh, Asuka got the pin. Bianca was setting up the KOD, but the blind tag was made. I don't mind that when you're setting up a heel turn. When you're setting up a WrestleMania match. A singles WrestleMania match. Not least with a Bianca Belair who has gone through this story before with Sasha Banks. Oh, God. You are doing this wrong you were just doing this wrong. There are so many ways to skin a cat. We say this all the time. They make things harder than they need to mm. be. Bianca Belair has been the EST of this division by the definition by wearing that belt since last year's WrestleMania. Asuka, a character literally reborn at the Royal Rumble. This is not hard, and they are making work of it. Mm. And it is thick. Completely agree. Um, following the shove bit, though, we immediately got another women's match. That was Candice LeRae versus Piper Niven. Skip. Skip from the second that Nikki Cross sneaking out on a show with 50 million cameras on it and a live studio audience and Candice LeRae doesn't want to turn her back. Oh my God, what's Nikki Cross? I can't sneak out onto a stage. At least have a sneak out from the crowd. I haven't heard a wrestling crowd this quiet since before they put the Thunderdome in and they didn't have a crowd. I haven't heard a wrestling crowd this quiet since you pressed the Bobby Fish button earlier on this podcast. <laughs> Um, Candice LeRae won via a roll-up after Piper Niven distracted herself by attacking Nikki Cross on the outside. Skip me, skip. Sorry about that. Enough of all that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling-related. The five-star review review. Nailed it! I would never even dream of stealing the noise. I won't even try. 
If you want to suggest something for our five-star review, review something for us to talk about short crap wrestling related instead of a god-awful Raw match segment, whatever it may be, you can do so on Apple Podcasts by leaving us a five-star review on there or leave us a five-star rating on Spotify. Screenshot it. We do need the proof. And then email it to me at adam.wilborn. It's still out. It's all about following the algorithms. At whatculture.com. Just like Louis Yap Davis. We're going Louis there? Louis, yeah? Yeah, Louis or Louis or Lewis, but... Yeah, I think it's Louis. Apologies if Yap not. Yap Davis. Um, Yaps my gaps. I like to call Louis. Oh, God. Louis writes, Hello! Five stars to the best wrestling podcast wrestling podcast out there. I used to be a big fan of wrestling when I was a kid, but fell out of love with it in the early 2010s because of Papa Eich and the goddamn authority. Don't blame mm-hmm. you. I only got back into it because of a friend that I met at university in 2019. I found him playing the Daniel Bryan story mode in 2K19. Wow. During the second lockdown, we decided to keep ourselves entertained by watching every crap wrestling match we could find. We started off with the 2015 Royal Rumble and ended with Goldberg almost sending The Undertaker to The Undertaker (laughs) in Saudi Arabia. I started listening to the podcast during the early days of the pandemic just to keep me sane, even if it meant listening to you guys lose your minds over stupid bollocks like... Oh, it was a difficult time. And the split of the... Iconics! It was a difficult time. Uh... I wonder what my neighbours must have made at that time. <laughs> this is now my number one podcast to listen to. Oh, this is one of my now number one podcast to listen to to and from work. And now my girlfriend's least favourite podcast of all time. We get that a lot of partners mm. that are less impressed that their partner has chosen the number one wrestling podcast in the UK. Hey. Wrestling, yeah. uh, her reasons? Willborn's loud voice. And the soundboard. <laughs> oh, God. He told me to do that, by the way. Oh, good. Look, it says oh, it good. there. Uh, and, uh, and more, more work that? for me. Press the bingo button. Huh? <laughs> um, it's fair to say that she's not in the <laughs> fucking judgment day. Yeah. <laughs> you know what uh, part of the bed she's going to be after she's heard this review? Oh, what could that be? On the other side. Anyway. All right, so the five-star review review, I was originally going to pick the Heidenreich Snitsky segment, which was posted by the brilliant Will Washington on Twitter. Shout out to Will. Uh, however, since this role might evolve in, involve something bad from Damage Cataral, mm-hmm. uh, please can you review the infamous Bailey This Is Your Life segment from oh, 2018, God. which put me off wrestling for another two years. All the best. Louis Yap Davis. Thank you, Louis. I hate you for this, though. Thanks, Louis. <laughs> Tell us about the backstory to one of the worst segments of Monday Night Raw's history. WWE destroyed everything I loved. Thanks, WWE. See you next week. Uh, universally despised. Universe, you will not find a single person that's like this McMahon took that piss out of it, didn't he? Yeah, the very next week, uh, he sent Kurt Angle out to bury Alexa Bliss, the person, for what a disaster of a segment this was. So, yeah, Vince hated it, and he clearly wrote every single second of it. Uh, I Alexa Bliss is feuding with Bailey. She's defeated her for the Raw Women's Championship, but they're having a rematch because, of course, they are. And in this rematch, there's going to be a kendo stick on a pole. And the story is is that Bailey lost the women's title because she didn't have enough killer instinct. Mm-hmm. But at um, what was it like it was either payback or it wasn't great balls of fire, was it? What the kendo stick on a pole match? Was it not extreme? No, extreme rules. Anyway, it, like, that makes more sense. Extreme rules. So they were having a rematch, and the stipulation was a necessity, but it was story-driven. It was that Bailey couldn't pull the trigger, 
as Alexa Bliss would later say. Um, and Alexa Bliss just basically had four weeks or so of television to tease this fact out and elected to spend, what, what did we write in, 12 minutes mm. of Monday Night Raw TV time exhibiting that. I'm trying to work out what pay-per-view this was now. Really annoying me. Awful. And <laughs> 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 Rip Beating. Uh, kendo stick on a pole match. It might. It was. It was either Great Balls of Fire or Extreme Rules because it was from that 2017 summer. And I'm trying to think because when I think of Great Balls of Fire, I think of two things. The first oh logo. God, is that a natural tag name? Bailey will challenge the Wicked Witch of WWE. Oh my God. Ugh. <laughs> oh, Extreme Rules. Yeah. Extreme Rules. You're right. Yeah. Because it was. Was it Matt Hardy? Oh, um, at Great Balls of Fire, where he was stood in such a way that the digital video screen just said, eat balls. <laughs> that was funny. Was eating balls. Eat balls. And the original logo was yeah. two, two balls and a flaming cat. Oh, yeah. I remember this, Pat. It was 2017, yeah. I should say. Uh, run through that card. Extreme rules. Uh, the Hardys in the bar. Hardys in the bar, yeah. Steel cage match for the Raw tag team titles. Yeah, they won by escaping the game. Yeah, because they did. Um, Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler. Uh, no, oh, that was a following. Seth year. Rollins was in the main event. Seth Rollins in the main event. I don't like dead air, but I really want to get more of this. Than I'm actually going to be I able love to. This game with you. I hate this game. Wrestling encyclopedia. I know, but this like really starts to fall away as uh, the years advance and the booking is terrible. Seth Rollins in the main event for the um, Universal Championship. The, a match. Universal, as in whoever wins this gets a match of oh, great, of course, great balls of fire. It was Brock. So that would have been against Samoa Joe. Correct. Roman Reigns. Correct. Braun. Nope. Two more to get. Kevin Owens. No, nope, he's having a great time right now. Uh, well, that's everybody. It's WWE. Yeah. Um, Particularly great time saying, whoop. Oh, Finn Balor. Correct. Oh, bless him. And uh, another person having a great time, bringing back a character that Adam Nicholas particularly enjoys on this week's Raw. Bray Wyatt. Yep. I would have never guessed Bray Wyatt at this time. Uh, Also on this card, Neville versus Austin Aries in a submission match for the Cruiserweight Championship. Yep, WrestleMania rematch. A lot of time, that. Mm -hmm. Cesaro and Sheamus defeat the Hardy Hardy Boys. Spoilers. Alexa Bliss defeats Bailey in a kendo stick on a pole match that went a whole five minutes and ten seconds. Disaster. Um... Rich Swan tagging with Sasha Banks against Alicia Fox and yeah. Noam Dar. God, yeah. And the opener, The Miz, with Maurice defeating Dean Ambrose in the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, they went back and forth quite a lot, them two, that summer, didn't they? Kalisto versus Apollo Crews on the pre-show with Titus O'Neil. I wonder what he could have been a part of. You know, of course, who uh, overlapped with the, um, the Miz-Dean Ambrose program, don't you, of course? The Ball family. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> making me mad now. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Um, we're here it, on Raw. Running it in 2017 like. <laughs> so, uh, I'll be honest. Normally here, I kind of write down a lot of stuff verbatim. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. I genuinely couldn't do it. You can't get through it. It's awful. Hideous. Hideous pro wrestling. But stick around for the comments because uh, don't you worry, I found some gems. Yeah. Um, Just so when you think you found the bottom of the barrel. It's sinister, Alexa. <laughs> Talking about... Uh, and to be honest, I've spoken randomly to some of the writers behind this segment, and I don't really 
hold it against them that much. Because from what I've heard, mm. they had quite a good little thing planned. And then someone, could that possibly be, went, don't like that, don't like that, don't like that, do it like this. And it just became this Frankenstein's monster of a segment. So they're halfway to like a half-decent idea that might not be a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of the Rock and Mankind's ratings Goblin one in 1999. And then Vincent Mann kicks the door down and then says, yeah, where's the bit where she fucks her dad? Yeah, yeah, it's all really good, but there's not enough of a fucking a dad. Sorry, Vince. So, was I not clear enough? I want a heavy-handed implication with everybody that he speaks to that she rides her dad's cock in school, at the cinema, on dates. She has full penetrative intercourse with her father. Yeah, we were kind of thinking maybe a teacher in an old yearbook photo, something like that. Fucking her dad! (laughs) Everyone knows weird kids bring their dad to school. Insane. Anyway. It's one of the worst segments ever, this. Uh, Bailey, or as I like to call her, a human sock puppet. Got her. Oh, God, there's some bad lines here. And again, nothing against Alexa. She's oh. been giving this stuff to, to to sell. She's trying to plug the, the match at Extreme Rules. <laughs> What's Bailey going to do when she gets it? <laughs> Hug the kendo stick. God almighty. Oh, I'm tr- Honestly, Louis, thank you so much for the rain. Thank you for all the listens. I was gripping my chair to try and get through this. Summer summer of 2017, Bailey got booed in Brooklyn. 2015, Asuka. 2016, uh, sorry, 2016, Asuka. 2015, Sasha Banks. Two of the biggest women's matches in WWE history. 2017, booed in the same building. It was either just before or just after this where she had that sit-down interview with Corey Graves. <laughs> Can I give you a hug? Yeah, okay. And then the camera zooms in on his face. Who's this freak? Showing affection. We don't have affection around here. We're hatred. Um, so yeah, um, basically the previous week, I think Bailey's chickened out is the nicest way of putting it on using the kendo Couldn't stick. Do it. Yeah. Um, at this point, by the way, on the promo, the watch chants have already started. Fans hate this. They yeah. absolutely despise it. Um, so there's a weird bit where it's like, here's this is your life. Alexa does a little preamble. The people are already in the ring. The stuff's already in the ring. But because of the weird way WWE does this, she has to go, Bailey, this is your life! Oh. And nothing happens. No, there's no, like, pyro and ballet. There's a bit of music. So. She has to wait till them gets faded down again. I don't know how she got through this. No. Like, her material is terrible. Her delivery's not great. So Alexa Bliss doesn't get out of this scot-free. But I don't know how she stands there and is able to perform without, like, cringing her bones out of yeah. her body. So she's like, uh, got all this stuff behind her. It's got, like... <laughs> Slinkies, yo-yos, God. bears, and uh, artifacts from Bailey's life, basically, <laughs> including her first ever doll, Hamlet. She's uh, had this winch since she was two. Pause. Actually, I think she still plays with it. <laughs> Never mind. And she tosses it off. Well, dear, looks like we're going to have to Sorry, I'm not going to the comment section yet. I mean, she throws it behind her. <laughs> <laughs> looks like we're going to have to shut our nostalgic toy shop. It was a good venture. Ding! <laughs> Give me the cheapest doll you got, pal. I'll take them all. I'm hardcore. Um, not to besmirch the lovely stuff that our fans have sent us, but there was a crapper trophy here than some of the stuff we've been sent. Is just like a hey, you yeah, won the a bit of fun. You won the like best podcast award for wrestle culture or whatever. Mm-hmm. She won a trophy. What's it for? Is it for uh, basketball, football, hockey, or whatever? Best in. Checks notes. Sportsmanship. They give out trophies for that. I want. I literally. This is the moment I messaged you on Slack saying I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah, so then she's got the slinkies, the yo-yos, and what's this? Her yearbook. Uh-oh. Bailey is most likely to apologize. I hate this so much. Like, none, and this is the point, none of it lands. The bit, like, the fans have already, they've seen this, they know what this segment looks like. Mm-hmm. We were a year removed, or, ju- like, the old day had either happened or was about to. Bobby sisters that either happened or was about to. There's at least one of these sort of things. The year and the crowd like, oh god, we're here for this. At least Bobby sisters gave that obstacle course and Max Caster. Like they're yeah. like just they're in the crowd and they know it's happening. and There's nothing they can do about it. And it's just like, oh god, we're in now. And all we can do is take a dump on it. We've talked a lot about recently about the rebellious fans. Yeah, like they're not even. They, there's nowhere to go. So they can't jump for AW. Oh god, we're stuck here. And what, I don't know where the punk chants were though. Should get yeah. some of them back. Aye. Um, but she's got some special guests, including her fourth grade teacher, Bailey's fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Flapper. <laughs> it's a funny name, isn't it? Uh-huh. So do that. Um, I will say I wrote in my notes, don't boo an old woman yeah. yet. <laughs> um, so she talks about Bailey, nice girl, perfect attendance, sat in the front row. Right, there's your three, rule mm-hmm. three joke. Right, uh, what can make her weirder? A dad sat next to her. It's so weird. It is so weird. But she couldn't be away from him for that long because then she started to cry. <laughs> Daddy's crying. Baby's crying again. And like Alexa's like, like tears crying. Yeah, that's what crying is. Oh no, man! Like just trying to like extract some extra emotion from this poor woman, this extra that they've hired to be pretend to be a teacher, Mrs. Flappy Fanny or whatever she was called. Flaps me gaps. I think you'll find she was. Thank you. Yeah. God damn it, man! A dad. What? Where did that come from? Well, she needed a dad in the front row, if you know what I mean. Are you implying they were f***ing in class, Mrs. Flaps? <laughs> Excuse me, Miss Flaps, I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Excuse you. Anyway, it's time to talk to B- uh, Bailey's best friend, Tracy. Uh, Tracy says, oh, Bailey's so nice. She's so bloody nice. She, she took the blame for stuff and did all the people's homework. What? In fact, no one wanted to be a friend, but we were inseparable right up until the point that I wanted to go out she wants to stay in and watch Raw or SmackDown. What a f***ing loser. Oh, no, man. Thousands of people have paid tickets. Imagine that she was just as stupid and sticky as all of you. One night in WWE this woman has spent this extra. One night and she's done her each and every one of you promo. <laughs> she wanted to stay in and watch Raw or SmackDown. Who'd want to do that, eh? Loser. What are they doing? God. And then the bit I had literally, I was like, have you seen this? <laughs> the little thing comes up in the corner, which means this is the top of the hour. Oh, yeah. I don't really, I'm not asked about all this. I'm not a TV programmer, scheduler person. But even I know if I'm flicking around and I go, oh, cool. I think I'll never watch television again, actually. <laughs> what was it on this week's, for example? Was it probably halfway through a ripper of that Cody and Gable yeah, match? Yeah, point? yeah, okay. yeah. Hang on, he's there. She might speak to the boyfriend next. We're going to have to stay where we are. Who's that guy? <laughs> from Flaps from the Gaps and Tracy, but I don't know who that guy is. Let's and see. Hang on a second. Hey, Steve, what are you doing? Right, come home from the bar because uh, we're going to hear from uh, a loser over here. Leaning in. Come home. Even though you're, a, I'm a loser, I know for staying and watching Raw and SmackDown. Leaned into the screen like Lenny from The Simpsons. Let him cook. Uh, the crowd absolutely hate this at this point, unsurprisingly. But it's time to meet Phil Johnson. <laughs> Bailey's ex-boyfriend. God. Um, she was nice, to be fair. That's what everyone said. They've said the word nice. I got it. Um, their first date, Havlet, was okay, but you can never guess what happened. What's that? She brought her dad. No way! She wanted to f*** your dad again! You just imagine Phil Johnson 
Bailey's dad, two popcorn buckets, like the Foo Fighters video, with cock holes in them. <laughs> and she's just like, you know, like on a flight She's skiing, sim- is what she's oh, doing. She's skiing. Oh, I was going to say, like on a flight simulator. <laughs> so, um, picture the scene. They're on a date. I don't want to. <laughs> they, uh, they're going to kiss. First kiss. He closes her eyes. Nothing happens. He opens his eyes and the dad's there. <laughs> what? He always kissed the dad. He's the freaking dad. Have we got enough dad references? Now I think we could squeeze one more in. What if he tried to kiss her and almost kissed the dad? I'll tell you what. It's, it's, it's weird in Amsterdam. They make you wash your old man in the sink. You took your dad. <laughs> Me and, that's from uh, Phoenix Nights, by the way, ladies. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah it's from it's Phoenix, Phoenix Nights. Nice, yeah. Max and Paddy stuff. Um, we watched <laughs> a bloopers video when we were out in WrestleMania for WrestleMania 35. Me and Nicholas shared a room. We watched a bloopers video, and I think it was it was very, very funny. Obviously, P yeah. Um I Also, I think due to the lack of tightness, I laughed about that for about half an hour. The uh, somebody used something from that very blooper reel. Actually, I did a caption thing last week with me and Murray. My hands kind of out wide, and he was laughing. And somebody replied, "I said ping pong balls, not King Kong's balls." Yes. Anyway, um, twist twist ending. Phil Johnson only got da- a great point, Sting. Phil Johnson only dated Bailey to get close to Tracy. Literally, sounds chick- like sounds like if you want to get close to a dad, you should date Bailey. <laughs> Tracy can't believe her look, can she? Well, yeah, she, she's she's very subtly <laughs> been twiddling with her hair and staring puppy dog eyes at yeah. Phil the moment he's been talking. Uh, oh, I really liked you too, and they kiss. And Booker T, call of his life. <laughs> yeah. This is hard to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Not since his deadpan. What? To Michael Cole about the anal bleeding. As Booker T nailed a call. Uh, and then Alexa has to go, oh, I've got to do the thing again. Bailey, this is your life. And Bailey's great theme hits. Yeah. Um, to no pop. Yeah. <laughs> the fans have been beaten into submission. <laughs> again. I'm talking. I'm talking at a video. It can't hear me. But Michael Cole goes, "Well, Bailey's had enough." And I went, "She's not the fucking only one." <laughs> these these children in the front row that were ready, me included, by the way, to buy Bailey merch out their ass yes. when she got the call up to the main roster. Have been instead for the last twelve minutes. Yeah, told to consider in the most like theater of the mind visual they can concoct the prospect of having sex with Bailey's dad. And think about the ground this covers. Think about how many segments they've sort of just bodged together of like, oh, just pretend that bit didn't happen and we'll just hoy it out as like a four-minute video. And that's that's the history people will remember from mm. this rule. The only bit of Bailey, This Is Your Life shown on YouTube starts from now. Yeah. Bailey walks out, walks down. She's looking grumpy. She dives into the ring. Brawls with Alexa Bliss. Bailey gets the upper hand, goes to get a kendo stick, gets dropped on the top turnbuckle. And surprise, surprise, Alexa Bliss, because she couldn't fucking reach that one. That's massive. There's <laughs> um, hidden a kendo stick under a table with all the beanie babies and what it is on it. Hits, hits, hits Bailey, stands tall to close out the segment. But who's going to win on Sunday? Dot, dot, dot. It was Alexa. Oh, God. You're right as well, 12 minutes for that. Like, it's not just bandwidth reasons why WWE kept that short on YouTube, but, like, the point is, you get what you need. Bailey, I don't think you've got the guts to hit me with that kendo stick, and you know what? You showed me that last week. I got one hanging right up here, just like it's going to be on Sunday. Let's test it tonight. 
because I'm going to beat you in the ring, but tonight I'm going to get inside your head. You come out here now, you know what? I'll even give you first climb. You do it, Bailey. You climb that pole. Bailey comes out, the trusting baby face. She like looks at Alexa. She looks her ups and down. Alexa hands up. Yeah. Hey, you can do. You can grab that kendo stick, and I still don't think you got the guts to use it. So Bailey's getting. You're making me mad now, Alexa. <laughs> she goes to climb the pole. As she climbs the pole, Alexa reaches under to a kendo stick that she's hidden somewhere else about a person, maybe on the post somewhere like that, and smacks Bailey from behind. So we'll never know till Sunday if Bailey's got the gumption and the courage to use the stick, and Alexa has used the second stick to attack her from behind. Or <laughs> trade offer fifteen minutes, twelve minutes of fucking your dad. Either or. <laughs> uh, so we go to the comment section. Oh, God. These do not reflect the views of myself or Dadley Boys. Anyone at What Culture Wrestling? Some of them are quite accurate, though. Jason Gamino. Whenever you think WWE is bad, just go back and watch this again. Then the product seems so much better. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. This shouldn't be. Oh, no, we get accused of grading too much on a curve, and that curve is too steep. Don't use that curve. Again. People, wrestling fans are idiots sometimes. Jesse Hernandez. I think Bailey should do the same thing to Alexa and bring out people of Alexa's past. The only comment on this just is from a guy called Hobbs and he just says, no. <laughs> Booker T's popped on. That'd be awful. Um, what's that? Is it time to get horny in the comments? Turns out it already is. Oh, God. Simeon Flake. I've seen much worse than this to call it the ultimate wrestle crap. I think I spent the whole segment just looking at Alexa anyway, so it's not painful to me. I bet it is painful when you rip it clean off, you pervert. Uh, ASDF, since that's not their real name. Mm -hmm. Two best snacks in the game. Oh, God. Doesn't specify those. That could be Flappy McFlaps or whatever her name is. Snacks McGaps. And Phil. Well, that's agreed with Again, again. Right. I'm I'm not encouraging this, but it's quite easy to find filth on the internet. Why is Ski Mask six months ago sitting through this whole fucking segment, right, to write, what's Bailey's ex-best friend's actress's name? (laughs) Michael Scott has been broken up with by Jan Levinson-Gould and sees a woman modelling a chair in a catalogue and is like, I have to have her. And you're like, is that too stupid for us? No, because somebody has gone on a YouTube video, a notoriously bad wrestling segment, and fallen in love with somebody that gets two lines and is never seen again. (laughs) They're out there, man. Sidgwick's right. They sit, they walk, and they work amongst us. They are out there. Um, Eric, now, I don't know who this applies to, because, well, Eric just writes... Oh, please make out. <laughs> so I don't know if he meant that about Tracy and Phil. Got what he was after, or, Tracy and Phil, yeah. Or maybe Flaps McGaps, or I don't know. And Alexa. Yeah. yeah. Um, Louis, not the same Louis, the lovely Louis uh, Yap Davis who suggested this. Louis um, P. Okay. Less subtle than Eric. Sit that fat ass on my face. <laughs> Can't go on the internet and say that. Lisa <laughs> agrees. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I like that if they're addressing. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Can I have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, a lucky man is a man who eats that. <laughs> oh, God. Do you want to see a uh, final comment? Yeah. No, yeah. Do not reflect the views myself. No. Dadly boys, anyone at what culture wrestling? 
Sea Dog. Just rise. I'm really struggling here, I'm sorry. Oh, I'd drink her bath water. Oh, God! <laughs> I'll sit through 15 minutes of this. Oh, God. Do you know, I'm so grateful for the 50 million listens, but I kind of am judgmental of them too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for... Thank you for listening. Thanks, uh, especially to Louis Yap Davis who sent that suggestion to us. Sort of thank you, but I just... God damn it. Thoughts and prayers to your long-suffering, it sounds, partner. Thank (laughs) thank you as well. Imagine that as well. I love they mentioned me. Should we have a listen? To to Louis' partner, if you are listening in the car or at home or whatever, I freeze Louis out for the night. (laughs) You've earned this one. (laughs) Oh... Should we give her a little, uh, as think? they are boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay. Do you think she uh, occasionally gives him a... Oh, <laughs> Wilborn man! You know what you're getting, Louis. Sorry, mate. Thank you for uh, the suggestion <laughs> if you want to suggest something. Just like Louis did. Apple Podcast five-star rating on there or a screenshot the five-star rating on Spotify. <laughs> we, we, sorry, we need the brief. I, was, I went all like... Chris Coleman there. I was like, I'm a 37-year-old father too, and you'll call me a prick. <laughs> and then he mailed it to Adam.Wilborn at whatculture.com. You know, whether you're a man, woman, egg, you know, any of them. <laughs> <laughs> the mindset of you looking at buttons. Anything going on there? Egg. <laughs> this is my favourite thing. All my Christmases came at once when we got this. Yeah. I know, I've heard them over and over again. Right, what were we up to? Oh, yeah, Candice just rolled up Piper Niven. Okay, yeah. uh, backstage to um, Miss, Mr. Candice LeRae, a.k.a. Johnny Gargano. He's proud of LeRae and her win. Proud of the roll-up? Um, um, but he said he was in the locker room. Otis ran up to him and asked him for some hot action. And he was like, a bit weird, but I'll accept. He's Johnny, a wacky guy. He cannot do this. No, just have him wrestle. Yeah. He, was, it was, he did it in Elimination Chamber, and guess what? Worked. You cannot do this. But he did say, oh, he's beat me a few months back, I remember. So there is some LTST there. Um, in come the, I'm not going to do it again because I've got a lot of work to do. Flipping Judgment Day. <laughs> uh, Damien Priest like, is this real? What's going on here? you got a match. Gargano's like, uh, <laughs> but you're fed up of bloody going through uh, and asking, in, uh, asking to interview adults going through a goth phase. Go on. Priest says, I'll, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Finn's like, yeah. Um says, Otis is going to flatten you, but if he doesn't, next week I'll finish the job. So we do get a great match out of it eventually. Yeah. We're getting Gargano Finn Balor next week. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think that'll be pretty great. Yeah. Right. That's to help for later. We've gone on a bit here, so I'll, I'll try and rattle through the okay. next bit. Oh, uh, no, it's my personal hero, The Miz. Um, he's oh, God, come out, Miz TV. He's going to introduce us to the host of WrestleMania. Talked about Maurice, the envelope, blah, 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 blah. Big drum roll. The host of WrestleMania is... The Miz, of course it is. Uh, it's going to be bigger than the Golden Globes and the Oscars combined. You thought um, getting slapped by uh, Chris Rock, getting slapped by Will Smith was huge. Just wait. Um, but what annoys me is people actually thought there was someone else who could host this. Really? Logan Paul? 
Uh, what? It's Mania Goes Hollywood, not Mania Goes YouTube. Good. Mm. Uh, it's going to go viral. It's going to be buzzworthy. Run through uh, this stacked card a little bit until he... Wait a second. Oh, God. Oh, I've just reminded myself of something there as well. How do I find that again? You don't have that until uh, the NXT review. Shout out to John Oldfield, who tagged us in the Wrestle Cringe. Thing. Oh, my God, yeah. See this picture of Rhea Ripley? Yeah. I want to be a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Baby, let me suck your dead skin particles and hair out of the carpet. <laughs> Thank you, John, for that. Uh, but anyway, he, Miz talks. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. The Miz talks uh, runs through some of the WrestleMania cards. And whose music hits? Excellent work there, oh. Matt Reigns. It was Seth Rollins, by the way. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Um, Miz does his whole bloody shut up thing. Seth's loving it. Miz's like, what are you doing here? And Seth is, <laughs> don't get your panties in a bunch. Uh, I'm just out to congratulate you. And Miz's like, no, 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 you've been raining on my parade for the past three weeks. Um, Seth's like, no, 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 I've only stomped you in my big red boots because you were uh, being a bit of a jerk. Uh, you were being a, last week you were being a bit of a b-hole. And uh, Miz is like, I'm not a b-type of person, I'm an a-type of person. And so, so I was like, so that makes you an asshole. <laughs> it's a good job I used b-hole, which is something nobody has ever said for butthole. Yeah. Otherwise you wouldn't have been able to get that line out. I've done myself there. Anyway, Seth says, I didn't mean to ruin your moment, but I do have a bit of a favour to ask. I've been trying to get hold of uh, Logan Paul and uh, can't really do this. Um... Since you've got him on speed dial, why don't you give him a call? Miz is like, oh, is that all you want? Brings out his phone and says, nah. Mm -hmm. um, says, Seth, you're a goofball in a stupid jacket. So Seth lays him out. Yeah. Um, the crowd loves it, starts singing along. But then Seth realizes oh, the Miz has dropped his phone. He picks it up. He, nice touch this, uses an unconscious man's face to unlock it, <laughs> pulls his eyes open. <laughs> How it's suddenly connected to the stadium speakers. Another technical query I've got to raise in a second as well. That could have been awkward as well. Yeah. Um, but he gets it. He unlocks it. And he calls, FaceTimes Logan Paul, who answers the phone by saying, man, stop calling me, mate. <laughs> and Seth says, surprise! I wanted to call you. I want to ask how your brother's doing after, uh, after Sunday night. Because he lost, didn't he? Um, says, like, I know you've got a tough day, but fed up with this cat and mouse. Why don't you show up on Monday Night Raw next week? And Logan's like, fine, I'll I'll be there. I'd love to see you try and run your mouth when we're standing face to face. Seth, in a great out, just goes, bye-bye, bitch. <laughs> Hangs up the phone and stomps on Miz. Uh, the ending was great, I thought. Yeah, I had his moments this. Just one quick fling, thing to flag, because I know we're running a bit short of time here. Um... Sidgwick has made some very articulate and important, I think, critiques about the invisible camera in the past. I'm a little bit more patient towards it. I've just sort of accepted wrestling's ludicrous relationship with its backstage area. What even I don't think I can accept is the literal invisible camera that was over Seth Rollins' shoulder when mm. it cut to the, what was apparently a point of view shot of like Seth's brain and eyes looking at the thing. 
Because I was initially thrown by this because I was like, wait a second, are they play they're not actually FaceTiming because I thought like I've been in those arenas and the signal is bad. Yeah. And I was like, so they're playing a video? How are they gonna do that? And what if he accidentally touches it and shows that it's a video? Yeah. And I was like, wait a second, that is a very static shot of a hand. That hand is not moving. It looks like when uh, Alan Partridge needs a stand-in to have for his missus on um, the Hamilton's Water Break episode and you just see like one of the crew members like he's like a 65-year-old builder bloke. He puts his arm around him. Like, uh, or the Chris Evans hand on TFI Friday that he'd used to hold up a CD. Have you ever seen the uh, Michael Jordan and his mum playing basketball? <laughs> <video>? <laughs> Aye. So the, uh, every time it cut back to Seth with a hard camera, Where's the guy filming the shot of his phone? Back to the phone. Back to Seth. Back to the phone. Look at your man. Back to me. <laughs> like, there was nobody there. So that was a bit of a piss take. But, you know, I suppose it's no more of a piss take than somehow Bluetooth in your video call to a giant Titantron. As a, Could anybody do that in the building? Yeah, maybe. You're needing, like, oh, sorry, I can't make you out on this phone screen. Two seconds. Cast. <laughs> Titantron. I will say this. As a man who deals with technical issues on a daily basis, it made me feel a lot more comfortable. Yeah. Like, I allowed it, because I was like, oh, thank Christ, they haven't got to try and do... I always used to worry with Tyler Breeze's entrance. Yeah. It's like, yes. what if the signal goes, and sometimes it would, uh-huh. or it froze. I hated it. And I was like, no, 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 no. So I was like, I don't care about this. So I'd rather it be this than like, hey... Eh, eh, oh, it's not worse, is eh, there? Oh, see, you... Raw. My wife sometimes rings me in the car, and the reception will just drop out and dip out. And, like, she gets a bit frustrated when the calls keep cutting out and that. I'm thinking, I, but you're the one in the car. Like, it's, it's me. Oh, your signal must be going. Mine is it. I'm st- stood still. Stood still. Just being your human Wi-Fi. metro radio for you. While this car is moving through hills and valleys and ups and down dirt. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's my phone probably. I know I'm with O2, but Christ almighty. My favourite is sponsoring us at the moment, aren't they? No. That's fine, yeah, the signal's terrible. My favourite is when we're on the uh, in the car and Anne-Louise inexplicably decides to call someone through the car speakers. Yeah. And when they say, oh, I can't quite hear you, because I don't know exactly know where the mic is in the car mm. or whatever, she turns the volume up. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's not the issue, love. No, it's just them louder saying they can't hear exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, you need to talk louder. She's like, turn them up to 30. Jesus! Anyway, uh, Kathy's backstage with Damaged Katarl. Uh, Bailey's like, I'm glad Becky and Lita are confident. Um, we've proven that phony teams like Becky and Lita don't stand a chance. Io and Dakota are the greatest champions in the WWE. It's their story, their legacy. Tell those idiots that. They walk off. Austin Theory, uh, just to save time here, bangs on about John Cena to set up the thing next week. Yeah, lots to preview next week. Exciting week. I liked his hustle, loyalty, and respect lines. Yeah. It's, it's, this is pretty good, this stuff with John Cena. Um, then they replay what happened with Bray Wyatt on SmackDown, which was awesome. And we get Bobby Lashley versus Elias, while, whilst Rick Boogs takes notes. Um, and it's squash match, basically. <laughs> Flatliner, spear, hurt lock, win for Bobby Lashley. But he is not in a good mood, Hamlet. Cuts a promo saying, I owned Brock Lesnar at Elimination Chamber, and now I've got to play these stupid kid games with Bray Wyatt. I don't plan on playing any more games. Wyatt, keep my name out of your mouth or else. And then, on a night with Trish Stratus, the greatest return ever. (laughs) Because a video pops up on the screen, and it's Muscle Man Bray Wyatt, or I suppose technically, Muscle Man Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Forming part of this video. And Adam Nicholas's heart grows three sizes. And uh, Lashley's been spliced into it, like I said. And Wyatt ends by saying, you should run. Adam Nicholas, a man who would tell you, as he does on Wrestle Culture, um, that obviously he's not 
necessarily always able to keep up with all of WWE, but he likes to keep track through work and mm. obviously by osmosis. Messages me at 5.51am. This morning? This morning to say, oh my God, he's back. I have waited so long for this moment. <laughs> In capitals. <laughs> I was like, I, was, I don't check my phone when I'm watching Raw. Obviously, I don't want to have any spoilers dropping, so I'm not on Twitter. I don't have messages up, notifications and that sort of thing. So I see that afterwards. And even then, it takes me to be like, oh yeah, Bray Wyatt came back. Because so much on the show, I'm thinking, well, it's not wisecracking Johnny Gargano. It mm. must be the muscle man dance. Yeah, he's uh, he's edited his original fantastic milkshake video into a new one that I've uh, I've retweeted on Twitter. Go and check so that out. So good. Yeah. It's good. It is really good. It's complete nonsense. I still maintain that Brock Lesnar kicked Bobby Lashley in the dick to throw that result and make sure that he wasn't fighting Bray at WrestleMania as a shoot. <laughs> because this is what you get. Uh, then we got the Chelsea Green, Carmella, Postman Pierce segment. And then we got Johnny Gargano versus Ortiz. Skip. Oh, no. It was brief. It was under three minutes. Yeah. Ortiz. I'm actually calling him now. Uh, caught Gargano on a dive, dropped him on the announce table. It's a little flex yeah. for Maxine. And she's, whoo, she's into it. Hot in here, is it? You. <laughs> um, Marseille. Uh, actually, and Mansoir went after him, but Marseille grabbed Gargano, so up pops Dexter Loomis, of course, who grabs Marseille and drags him into the crowd. There was a split second where I thought, I know I've bad-mouthed Dexter Loomis, but oh my God, if you kidnap Marseille, I want to see that every single <laughs> week. Uh, but in the end, it was just a use of the distraction to allow Gargano to hit a DDT on the apron, one final beat in the ring, one, two, three, and uh, Gargano and Loomis give a little, oh, two, two thumbs up. Still in the way. Really bad booking. Um, Johnny Gargano is presented as a fluke. Corey Grace called it an upset. I don't mean to dig out Otis particularly, but Johnny Gargano shouldn't be presented as this no. is an upset. Not least when you're building a big match for Finn Balor that rests on the idea that this is going to be a match between two awesome wrestlers. So you've just said, well, one of them isn't even that awesome. Finn Balor's off to WrestleMania. So like, what are you telling me here about Johnny Gargano? Yet again, wrestling does this all the time. Otis and Maximum Male Models' relationship now makes less sense than it did before, and yet we will persist. Like the first time they've all come together, defeat. <laughs> so why are we carrying on? That's where you'd be like, this hasn't worked. Uh, I won the tag belts with Chad Gable, and did you see that match with Cody Rhodes? I think I'll stay there. Mm. Like they don't give you a narrative reason other than hypnotism, maybe. <laughs> I, like his love of shagging his colleagues. I, I don't know what the anyway. I just thought it was bad booking. Uh, Paul Heyman shills for SmackDown on Fridays if they need any more encouragement for people to watch that show. Um, Confrontation or. Either he's good, Cody's going to confront Roman or he's going to be the one confronted. Cody is making his SmackDown debut, I believe, anyway. It's a massive SmackDown regardless. It's confrontation with Roman Reigns in Washington in the same building as the maiden edition of AEW Dynamite. Oh, my God. Next week's Raw. John Cena's back. Yep. Kevin Owens versus Solo Sokoa. Bianca Belair versus Carmella. Gargano versus Finn Balor. Seth Rollins and Logan Paul face-to-face. It's Tuesday. And they have five things announced already. Mm. And I really appreciated this last quarter hour, like, sort of reminder, back yeah. to back to back to back of everything. The commentator sounded a bit tired going through it all because there was so much stuff to promote. Oh, God, he was like, flying through it with poor Kevin Patrick. I think there's, like, other companies that could take a leaf out of this sort of presentation. Just a thought. Main event time, <laughs> women's tag team titles. Well, yeah, Dakota Kai and EO Sky versus Becky Lynch and Lita. Who Having said that, like, it's been absolute ratings poison for Rampage, so maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Becky Lynch and Lita actually worked as a very good team early on. They controlled, they controlled during the break, but when they come back, uh, actually before that, Lynch hit. I like the DDT reverse DDT on both Ooh. EO and uh, I was about to say EO and Sky, <laughs> EO and Dakota. Um, 
and hit Kai with a diamond dust for a near fall. But um, as Lynch goes to put Kai in a disarmer, Sky gets involved. It's an Asai moonsault that gets her a two count. They isolate her. Um, eventually, though, uh, it looks like Becky Lynch is going to make it to the corner and get the tag to Lita. But Bailey, wily old veteran that she is, she slides a title belt into the ring. The referee gets involved, distracts himself, getting rid of it from the ring. And just as Becky Lynch to her, gets to her corner, Bailey yanks Lita off the apron to isolate Becky Lynch, and the crowd can't believe this. Um, and Lynch has to kick out at a two of a double back suplex from uh, Kai and Sky. Who will come out to even the odds? <laughs> oh, it's down the rock and roll. Uh, you can't sue me for that, WWE. That was me doing an impression. That was not the actual. Turn that radio down. Trish Stratus, by the way. Yeah. Trish Stratus comes back finally. Mm-hmm. Sprints out, brawls with Bailey, hugs Lita. Lita gets the hot tag, face plants Sky, <laughs> gets a two count, goes for a moon. Oh no, sorry. Sky kicks out and goes for a moonsault herself, but Lita dodges it. Twist of fate, goes up top to uh, to hit a, mo- a moonsault of her own. Um, the rest of the members of the team try and interfere. Stratus bro- blocks Bailey from interfering again. Those two coming together, mm-hmm. please. Uh, Lynch puts Dakota Kai in the disarmor, and Lita hits a moonsault on EO Sky. One, two, three. New women's tag team champions are crowd. Huge baby for the pinfall victory. Fireworks go off. Trish, Lita, Becky Lynch celebrating to close out the show. What an ending this was. Yeah, I've got to give it credit. You know, it was a bit of an over-delivery, all of this. It, the match was good. It was all action. But as well... Um, you can't underestimate just how valuable Trish Stratus has been and the choice to not use her last week and use her here instead, I think, proved to be the right one. Um, she's added a star quality at this instantly that the story itself was lacking with Becky and Lita. There was a very nice bit of catharsis, I think, with how they, how they just how um, much Bailey was getting involved. Like, Trish was there to neutralise. Yeah. As a baby face should. She shouldn't be out there from the off. She should only be there if needed. It was imperative that she that Bailey did the damage first. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they've lined up. If you are going with Becky and uh, Lita versus Ronda and Shayna, this did a really effective job of lining up Trish versus Bailey. Yeah. Uh, you could do this as a six-woman still, and maybe just, you know, the tag champions are out of luck. I, d- I don't know exactly this could be a six-woman, but I think this did point in the direction of the Bailey-Trish singles and this idea that Trish has to worry about damage Katara getting involved mm. or maybe they can find a way to, like, write them out of it, you know, like, they can't interfere. Put in a shark cage, something fun like that, you know. Um, but I, the glimpse I got of Bailey-Trish was quite appealing here and feels like it's right in the wrong from the other year of Bailey getting out. And I said this from the moment we heard those reports about, all right, Trish was backstage, but she wasn't used and blah, blah, blah. I thought this was perfect. Yeah. It was. It was better than whatever would have been planned last week. I will say that. I would have got a huge reaction, obviously, in Canada. And it's like, still gonna. It's Trish. You can bring her out anywhere. I'll say this about again: WWE books now, whether people like it or not, and you know, Triple H doesn't get the best reviews on here generally. WWE books now. If you remember with that cage match that was supposed to take place on Raw's thirty, Lita was supposed to interfere there. Lita returned was, of course, there to kind of like give you a tease that Trish was coming back to. So this was never one of them. Ah. Stumbled into this. Yeah. This has felt like the plan from at least the start of the year. So yeah. 
Can't really fault that either. Really enjoyable finish to Monday Night Raw. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself, Hamflet, and the rest of the gang, apart from Sidgwick, will be back later on today to preview the show formerly known as NXT 2 play. Oh! But for now... Oh, and thanks once again to uh, Louis Yap Davis, this week's five-star review review. You can still send us your own, uh, either on Apple Podcasts or just email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. For now, though, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.